the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. We are going to be reading from the New American Standard. If you don't have that particular version, it's on the screen before you. Philippians chapter 2. Someone said, I thought you was going to talk about Jesus in Bethlehem. Well, I am. Allow me to build my, my, allow me to write the story the way I want to write it. Philippians chapter 2 beginning in verse 5 and it reads as such in our hearing from the New American Standard. It says, have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to grasp, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made into the likeness of a man. Being found in the pens as a man, he humbled himself again by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even the death on a cross. For this reason also God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those that are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, don't worry, we won't get that far. Fire from heaven to earth. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we stand desperately in need of you to remove Tracy out of the way. Father, allow me to become an instrument of your glory, that you would be glorified and seen. Help me to just uh, allow you to be you. Allow the message to preach me and not just me preach the message. Lord, even now, saturate this place with your presence that you may speak life into dead things. So speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. The story of Jesus being born in Bethlehem is, is not new. Every Christmas, every, every time of the season, you can find that story someplace. Even though I, I believe it's becoming less and less and 
A lot of the stories is uh, Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Many of the stories is about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> they are slowly but surely pushing the Christian story out of the scene. You, you go to the malls where you would see a manger and baby Jesus and, and the three wise men. Now you see things of the sucker mindset. Santa Claus and, and, and the sled and, and the other thing, elves and all the other things that that, that makes Christmas a, a festival, but it's not telling the If we're not careful, the story will begin to slide out of the church. We will begin to secularize the, the, the Christmas season and be like everybody else that if you go to the store, the employees are told not to say Merry Christmas because Christmas got Christ in it. And they say, Happy Holidays. If I was a film director... I don't think that I would start the story at Bethlehem. Because Bethlehem is not really the, the starting point of the story. Many people who start the story at Bethlehem keep the story at Bethlehem. And they see Jesus as just a baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes. And, and, they, and, they, and they bring him down instead of lifting him. I hate to say it, but even in the church, sometimes we want to keep Jesus a little cute. Because as long as he's a baby, we can do what we want to do. As long as we keep it on the human side and not the divine side, and then, and then we don't have to deal with him being God. But when you begin to see the sacrifice that the Godhead paid for our sins, and then all of a sudden the, the story of Bethlehem becomes bigger than life. When you understand it's not a cute story, it's a story of destiny and purpose. God had a plan, and, and the plan didn't begin at Bethlehem, but it started up in heaven when, when the Godhead said, we got to do something about this sin on earth. If there's anybody who doubts whether there's a real devil, you need to watch the news about what happened in Connecticut. That wasn't just a young man that had lost his mind. That's a young man that had lost his mind and came acceptable to the suggestions of a devil that hates all of us. But if there's a real evil, then there has to be a real good. And if there's a real good, then there's a real good guy somewhere. 
Paul in his pen to the church of Philippi began to allow him to look into glory before the incarnate Christ. He takes them on a journey before Bethlehem. Who was Christ before he was a baby that was born in a manger in swaddling clothes? Well, how, how did this thing begin? What, what is the starting point of the story? If, if I was a film producer, I would take the camera off of the manger, shoot it up through the clouds, wait my way through space, walk in the heaven, and watch a conversation that is taking place in heaven. Look at the text with me. Look at this text and, and listen to the words that, that really boggle the imagination. It's telling us, it's telling all of us to have this attitude in yourself, which also was in Christ Jesus. The attitude that Paul is talking about is the ability to humble yourself. Yes, and let go of the things that you think you have a right to hold on to. In spite of how gifted or who you are, he says, the honest truth of it is you're just a servant. Wait a minute, let me, let me change that. The highest title. You will ever own is that you are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, folks trip me out say, oh, I'm an apostle, oh, I'm a bishop. I, wait a minute, I'm a servant. Just the fact that he allows us to serve him ought to blow our mind. He says, it says, Christ who although he existed, what you mean he existed? Before Bethlehem, he existed. Be, before time was time, he existed. Before anything else existed, he existed. You see, if you start Jesus at Bethlehem, you are missing the better half of the story. You got to know that before he came down 42 generations that he existed. I believe since he is the leg of the communication of God, and I know I say this all the time, but the more I study it, the more I'm convinced of it, that every time you see a shining force or a manifestation of God in the Old Testament, it is God through the second person of the Godhead, who is Christ Jesus, that is showing us God. That in Genesis chapter 1, when it says, and God created, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit acting in unison to create everything that is to be created. So when it says that he existed, it is talking about that he existed before everything. And look, listen, in the form of God. Well, what, are, what are you saying? You say, you say that when you saw him before the him becoming human, he was God. Amen. Everything about him was God. 
How can, how can I say this? We constantly got to be careful of bringing our Lord Jesus Christ down to our level. We want to make him where we are comfortable with him. The truth of the matter is you're not supposed to be all that comfortable with him. Stuff that you get comfortable with, you take for granted. Stuff that we get comfortable with, we, we, we deal with it from, we make it common, and we act like it ain't all that big of a deal. But I want you to know that we constantly have to fight to stay in all of him. Because when you're in all of him, you can't get enough of him. When you're in all of him, you don't mind praising him. When you're in all of him, you don't mind what nobody think about you. You're going to give him the praise. When you're in all of him, you're going to sing the song like you mean it. When you're in all of him, you're not going to act like you're giving God a favor by walking into his sanctuary. But you're going to come in saying, I'm glad to be in the service. I'm just glad I made it. Lord, thank you for another. He says, he said, he was in the form of God, but did not regard equality or being equal to God the Father as something that he needed to hold on to. He did not continue to grasp it. It was his. It was all his. But there was an executive decision to let go of it in order to save us. How can I say this? We can never enter into the cost that Christ paid to save us. We cannot imagine that sacrifice that he made to rescue us from the combination of our sins. His sacrifice did not begin on the cross. His sacrifice began when he became human. His sacrifice did not begin when he was born in did not just begin when he was born in Bethlehem. But, but, but before he came a baby, he already made the decision to divest himself of himself. How can I? I can say. Still fully God, but chose not to use the attributes that was his as God. And wrapped himself in the weakness of humanity and became one of Philippians Paul write he humbled he let go of the new American standard said he emptied Listen, he didn't empty his pockets, he emptied himself. 
You know, if we can only get this in the church. If we can only get this in relationships. If we can only get this in how we treat one another. You know, one of the biggest problems in relationships is selfishness. Because we're not willing to empty ourselves to serve somebody. I know I'm meddling. Let me meddle just a little bit. Let me meddle just a little bit. We ain't going to wash nobody's stinky feet. We're not going to pay any cost to help somebody else step up another level. The second person of the Godhead got down, came down. Us who are made out of dust, wrap himself up in dust. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Since we are made from dust, for him to become part of us, didn't he have to get down and wrap himself up? Turn to me, with me, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4. I apologize to the, to the media ministry this morning. I had switched verses around and I didn't, I I gave them like 20 verses. They knowing I'm not going to get through all of them. So Hebrews was down at the bottom. It was one of those that didn't make the cut. (laughs) <laughs> when I referred to it, it didn't make the cut. So everybody was looking up, but it wasn't up there. It didn't make the cut. But thank be to God. They went back and, 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 and got it for me. Look what it said. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. He is referring to the Old Testament when the Jewish people was privileged to High priests going to God for them. And whenever they sinned, they had to bring bulls, goats as a sacrifice, lamb as a sacrifice. And 24-7, priests were killing lambs, goats, and bulls and burning them for God. Listen what it says. He, God said, it never was intended to take away sin. It just held back the wrath of God's holiness. They were not saved by the ritual acts that they did. But the ritual acts was an act of faith looking for what God was going to do in the future. And what God did was imprinted on their minds the ugliness of sin and that sin takes blood to cleanse it. For what he said that Adam and Eve is the day that you disobey me, the day that you sin, you shall surely die. From that point 
forward. There was a divine law that said that when a person sinned, that they die, not just physically, but spiritually. And the only thing that can rectify, that can pay for sin, has to be the blood of a human being. Since sin came in by a man, it got to be eradicated by a man. The Old Testament was just painting the picture of the lamb that was going to come. It was just telling the story before the story. It was telling what God was going to do so that when they looked back at their Old Testament and they looked through the scriptures, what they saw was the picture of Christ coming and what he was going to do before he did it. So that when you look back, you can't help but see Christ in it. So that if anybody else came saying they was the Christ, they don't fit the Old Testament. But when you look at Jesus from Genesis to Malachi, you see him all up in the scripture. Look what it says. Therefore, he comes into the world. Listen to this. He is quoting from the Psalms, and this was said. The discussion is heaven. Jesus says, sacrifice an offering you have no desire, but a body you have prepared for. Let's hold on. I want you to see this. Jesus before Bethlehem quotes what a prophet wrote in Scripture. Now, let, me, let me take that back. A prophet in the Old Testament reports what Jesus says in heaven. And I don't think y'all caught that. <laughs> Jesus says this. The prophet reports it and tells us the conversation that was taking place in heaven before he came in Bethlehem. Hold on. Our God is a bad God of how he just orchestrates and, and put it all together. He said, that's what he says. Here he is sitting there as God on the throne being glorified by all the angels. And he says, make me Next verse. Listen, in whole burnt offering, sacrifice for sin, you have not taken no pleasure. Look at what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Lord, your holiness is not appeased by goats and bull. Because your divine law requires the death of the man that sins. The only thing that can justify and pay the price for the sinner is the death of that sinner or someone who is righteous to stand in their place. Since man's sin, bulls and goats are not good enough 
to pay for the sins of men and women. So therefore, Lord, in order to love them and save them, you require a sacrifice that is good enough. Okay, I don't think y'all with me. Let me put it like this. Moses couldn't do it because he killed somebody. Abraham couldn't do it because he was a liar. All the prophets of the Old Testament was just like you and I. Something was wrong with them. So therefore, Jesus said, I'm sick and tired of the devil beating up on my people. Make me a body and I'll walk down 42 generations and take care of this so-and-so my own self. Nobody but God could live a perfect life. Then his life was perfect enough and had enough worth. Had enough worth, value, that when God the Father took out judgment on God the Son, his holiness said, I'm satisfied. I'm going to let that sink in. That means in spite of you, in spite of me, if you're covered under the blood of Jesus Christ, God's wrath is satisfied. Now, you might pay the consequences, but you don't have to pay the penalty. Because the penalty is going to hell. Guess what? I'm not going to hell because I'm insured by the blood of Jesus Christ. I wonder today, do you got your insurance package? Are you sure you're insured from going to hell? Hold on. Some of y'all confused. Know why some of y'all confused? Because you still think that your, your, your passage into heaven is based on how good you are. Well, let me tell you, I don't care what you do. You will never be good enough to make it into heaven. You best be, you got to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ who died for you, paid the price for you, and he did it just for you. That's why I don't understand why we don't shout out the name of Jesus. That's why I don't understand why we keep our mouth shut when the world don't like that, of course they don't like Jesus. Because when you say Jesus, you make it exclusive. When you say Jesus, that means you can't get in at the name of Muhammad. When you say Jesus, that means believing in Buddha isn't good enough. When you say Jesus, you say that's nobody else. There's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved other than Jesus. Listen, you can't waffle on it. You can't stumble on it. You best know it that the only name that's going to get you in heaven is the name of Jesus. Let me explain. We better hold on to that because everything is coming against them. (laughs) 
The church is the witness that we know is him. We know that scripture testified him. But you know what? There ought to be an inward witness in your spirit. That at the name of Jesus, something in the inside lets you know, I know it's him. There's sweetness in his name. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. Uh, when somebody says Jesus, it gets my attention because I not just heard about him, I know about him. There's something about Jesus that makes you weak in the knees. There's something about Jesus that ought to make you smile. There's something about Jesus that brings you up out of your depression. There's something about Jesus that says, I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going through, but I'm going to make it. There's something about Jesus that makes you shout. There's just something. Matter of fact, just saying his name make you feel better, Jesus. I mean, I mean, I mean, when you know that you know that you know the name of Jesus will make you stop doing what you thought you want. What's that? What's that? He says, verse 7, says, Behold, I come. Listen, this is Jesus talking before Bethlehem. There's a whole story before Bethlehem. There's a glorious story. Before I thank God for Bethlehem. But I think that if the picture in your mind is just at Bethlehem, you don't see the full picture. You ought to see this Jesus on the throne in Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah said, he's high and lifted up. Listen, he, he, he's so bad that his train not just came down the aisle, but his train filled the temple. And even then, he'll be nice about it because it really goes outside of the temple. If, if earth is his footstool, then tell me what temple can hold and contain our God. And, and even the angels... I'm crying out, holy, holy, holy. Maybe we do better just walking in the church and holy, holy. Before devotion, somebody to start, holy. Then it jumps out here, holy. I think if we start really lifting him up, our praise will get a little. After saying above, sacrifices 
offering and burnt offering and sacrifices for sin. You have no desire, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Nor have you taken pleasure. They did not satisfy your wrath. They did not add up to righteousness because you are a holy God, a God that is set apart, and you cannot tolerate sin. It's just who you are. How can I say this? God is in a dilemma when he looks at us. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go, go with me. The holiness of God said guilty. But the love of God says, but those my children. Somebody said, where was your God? When it happened in the Connecticut. If your God is a present God, if your God is an awesome God, if your God is a good God, then why didn't he step in? I mean, yeah, I know the guy has free will. I know all that. I know that Satan got in the picture. I know there had to be a mental break and Satan don't have no mercy on nobody and, and he take the mental break and if there's not a covering over a person that he can make that person do any old thing. Hold on. And I also know that God is a God that is able and he had to allow it in order for it to happen. Yes, I'm not saying it's nobody's fault. I'm saying that we're living in a broken world with broken people, where broken things happen. So somebody said, well, where was God? God was right there holding those kids' hands. Because my Bible tells me precious in his sight is a death of one of his saints. Since they was younger than the age of accountability, they went up to heaven, and they are enjoying Jesus right now. Women, 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 but women, but women, women, but women. But what about the parents who are facing a Christmas season without their kids? This is what I discovered by our God. Whatever he ain't able to keep, he won't allow to happen. But his grace is sufficient to keep us in the time of trouble. And though they are brokenhearted, if they would turn to Jesus, Jesus will walk them through. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look at another picture of it. See, the same God that allowed that to happen allowed his son to die on Calvary. And since he allowed his son on Calvary to go through even worse than what those kids went through, to keep us, to heal us, to forgive us of our sins, where was he? He was the same place he was when he allowed us to crucify his son on Calvary. Same God did not intervene, did not step in, but said, I love them so much, I'm going to allow, I decree it to happen. 
so that no matter what happens down there, my grace and my mercy is not just around. It's all up in there. Can't explain that. I have learned when I walk into a situation to look for the hand of God. And he, within the camera shop, if you look in the background, God is You might have to look for him. It may not be the subject. But if you look for him, he's in the frame of the picture. Next verse. He said, behold, I have come to do. Listen. God, the son, humbled himself to God the father. Because he has to, he has to execute the plan. So he humbles himself and says, okay, I will take off my glory. I'll take off my omnipresence. I take off my shining glory. And I will wrap up my God nature in human flesh. And I will become like one of them. Hold on, wait a minute. God, like us, without sin, but he did it because we couldn't do it for ourselves. He did for us that we may be filled with him. But Without him, we can't do it. He paid the price, the price that we couldn't pay. <laughs> Look what it says. He said, he takes away the first order. Adam is the first order. So Adam was the example for man who had the power to overcome Satan. Because God gave him dominion. The earth kingdom was his. This, this boy was so bad, he named the animals. I believe in Genesis chapter 2, the way it's written is that Adam was standing there. God was calling up the animals out of the ground in the sky as he was standing there and he would name them. Hold on, check this out. As he is standing there, an elephant comes up out of the ground. He said, Adam, elephant. All of a sudden, an eagle appears in the sky. Eagle comes with eagle. Hold on. You want to talk about being bad in your own stuff? He said, I ain't doing nothing but acting like my father. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But when he 
fail. He has allowed Satan to have reign over this earth kingdom. He is a small G of this world. Jesus came to replace the first Adam to, to establish us as God's children and gave us the Holy Spirit that we are now his. Read on. Look what it says. 10. By this we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Wait a minute. That means when I look at Bethlehem, I can't just see the picture of Bethlehem. I have to move to the left of Bethlehem and see Jesus up on the throne being worshipped by all the angels. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, not only do I see the picture of Bethlehem, I need to move a little bit to the right and I need to see the cross. I know you don't like the picture of the cross, but wait a minute. His purpose of being born in Bethlehem was to head straight to the cross. Wait a minute. There's no reason for him to be born at Bethlehem if he's not going to go to the cross. The cross was the instrument that God used to take care of the sin problem. So Bethlehem is only there because there's a sin problem. So the cross is the instrument God used to take care of the sin problem. So when you got a Bethlehem, you ought to have a cross next to the picture. Of the, yes, I love Jesus in strong and cold. Yes, I love baby Jesus. But next to baby Jesus ought to be a Jesus who stretched his arms, bowed his head, and gave up the ghost. Wait a minute. Some people stop there. If you stop there, you don't go far enough. Because they tell me they took him off the cross, put him in a borrowed tomb, stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday. But Alan, but Alan, come Sunday, he got up with all power in his hands. I want you to walk through this with me. So we praise him for the drawing up the plan in heaven. We thank him for executing the plan on earth. We thank him for humbling himself and coming down as a baby. We thank him that though he made us, he came to us and we recognize him not. We thank him for allowing us to nail him to the cross. We thank him for giving up the ghost to the father. We thank him for dropping his head and dying. We thank him 
for wasting laid him in the grave. We thank him for getting up Sunday morning. We thank him for going back to heaven. We thank him for sending down the Holy Ghost. We thank him for looking at us and saving us. We thank him for looking past our faults and seeing our knees. Wait a minute. When we see the entire picture, how can we sit down on our praise? When we look at the sacrifice that it took to save you and I, how can you not come in here, be willing to give God the praise? He's a God of fire. And the church ought to be on fire. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If he made such a sacrifice for you and I, shouldn't we be willing to make a sacrifice back to him? Shouldn't we serve him with gladness? Should we come into the house of praise with our mind made up that we're going to praise him? Should we lay down some stuff that is keeping us from being like him? Should we not get caught up in somebody's attitude and say, wait a minute, he's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good for me to act the way I used to act. I made up my mind. I'm going to serve him to the day I die. Gonna love people around me. Gonna try to keep everybody right. God's been good to me. God's been good to us. The church ought to be on fire because our God is on fire from heaven to earth. So we can go from earth to heaven. Hold on. Uh uh. I'm almost finished. Check this out. He left where he abide to come down to make access for us to get where he's at. Since we couldn't make our own access, he came, went down to hell, took the keys from the devil and said, wait a minute, I'm taking back What's mine? Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I'm taking back what's mine. I don't know about you. I used to serve the devil. Didn't know I was serving the devil, but that's who I was serving. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I don't serve the devil no more. Jesus is the real thing. He's the best thing. He's the best thing. He's the best. Guess what? If you don't get a Christmas gift, Christmas, find you an empty box. Put it under the tree. I put it in your living room. And on Christmas, 
open up the box and say, in the box is the name of Jesus. I got the best gift. I got the best gift. I got the best gift. You may get your Nikes. You may get an iPad. But I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I hope you got Jesus. I hope. I hope. I hope you got Jesus. Don't go into this Christmas season without knowing what the season is really all about. His name. His name. His name. His name. There's power. There's power. There's salvation. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? Don't cost you a thing. You just got to come and let him in. Does anybody know my Jesus? Does anybody know that he's good? Is there anybody who, who knows he's the best gift you ever had? I got preachers here who would pray with you and talk with you about Jesus. Not Jesus of Bethlehem, but Jesus who came from heaven to earth to get us today. If you hear, don't let nothing and nobody stop you from getting your gift. His name is Jesus.